0: Oh, thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing and saying. We just bless you. Lord, we thank you that you're a healer, you're a restorer. You love and you heal. Yes. Lord, and, and, and of all things, Father, you've you sent your son to come and to bind up, to heal the brokenhearted. We know our hearts, above all things, are so precious to you. So precious to you. And we love you, Lord, we love you, Lord. we love you, Jesus yeah amen yeah Ollie, thank you. that was you you've ministered more than you realize. Well, I want you to realize you've you ministered this morning. Thank you okay, uh well, with the time we have left, I want to start. Um, teaching on restoring. There's the restoring word, and uh, and I wasn't gonna. It was just one of those things, you know. I was like, oh, I'm gonna talk about this on Sunday, and then this morning, I just felt to because I haven't preached this from till November. Now, if you're itinerant, the Lord just gives you messages to carry and release as you go. So, the ministry is always fresh, but this message is something we just carry around. Now, this um, (laughs) either sets people off or sets them free. Uh, And so um, I I make no apologies for that. Um, And um, we'll just see how this goes for you. Yeah. I'm always encouraged um, to try and start with a yes. And then just open my heart and go, okay. And this includes things like when my wife says, I reckon we should get a ute and we can go camping. I'm like, really? You know, have we been camping before? No, because we don't like it. She goes, yeah, but we could. So the other day she's like, Dave, I saw the car we've got to get for you. Because I, really, I have a very old um, car and it's on its last. So we get a red Hilux ute and I'm like, my heart is like, no. <laughs> Why? <laughs> like, we've got three kids. Not always a lot of room in the back. She goes, we could go camping. I said, like, we never do. <laughs> That's what was going on. The inner dialogue. Part of me was going, but I, I'm learning to go. Okay. I was saying. I was saying, yeah, okay. Let's talk about that. You know. <laughs> Don't you swear that your phone hears you sometimes, you know? Because we talk about it. I'm like, yeah, okay, yep, 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 okay, well, let's just leave it open there and just see what, what happens. And two minutes later, I get on my phone and I open Facebook, and the first post is for a car loans company. And guess what sort of car is on there? A red Hilux Ute. <laughs> Now the kids were sleeping, and I said, Nat, she was she was in the kitchen. I said, I'm about to show you something, and I'll give you a hundred bucks if you don't respond. <laughs> and she goes, what, what, what? And I go, She's like, oh! <laughs> So I say all that to say maybe we can start with a yes to what I'm about to teach, but I want you to be thinkers, considerate, considerers, be like the the Bereans. Take it and see if this works and sits with you. But Paul, Paul, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians that when I was young, I spoke like a child. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up those ways. And child, children and in immature thinking, uh, we, we tend to be very dualistic, right or wrong, black or white. I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. But, but as we're able to mature, and those of you that have many more years ahead of me will agree like, just, just don't stress as much. Just see what happens. Do you know? And we don't become so dualistic. We're able to start with a yes because all things in God are yes and amen. So i want to start with a yes and then we're just going to see how how we go. For And the rest of that verse is for now we see in a mirror dimly. So we're still seeing dimly but then face to face. You will know in part and I shall know fully even as I've been fully known. And I love the fact that do you know the thing about prophecy or working in words of knowledge? Um, and Gary Morgan's a very dear friend of mine, and we, we travel together, minister together. And, you know, he's, he's, he's got phone numbers, dates, and, you know, the word of knowledge is very accurate. But it's not as if you don't know your own name and phone number, right? So he's not telling you something. You, you, you know, the Lord's known. The fact that he's picked you out, he's picked you out, he's picked you out. Yeah, you know, you've got that injury, sickness, or something. You know where you work, Ross. Praise the Lord. But it's not about knowledge, but what's happening here and what affects us is being known. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. To be known. Like, out of all these people, God picked me out. And what, I don't know about you, but what touches me is, wow, He knows me. I'm known by Him. Do you know what I mean? Isn't that... Kurt Thompson says this, and this is one of my favorite quotes at the moment and it will be for a long time he's a he's a psychologist and author and theologian brilliant 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 man he says that we are we all we're all born we're all born into the world looking for someone who's looking for us yeah. and that search never stops because we're born for connection yeah. we're born to be known You know what I mean? Like deep friendships and deep intimacy is in to me see. We want to be known. And and to really be known by God is to really, to allow ourselves to be known, is really to experience His love. Does that make sense? Okay. So I say all this to be known. And let's just open up our hearts. So restoring the feminine. Let's uh, we're we're going to see if the clicker works here. Why don't you just move it on? I'm going to do that. <coughs> Genesis one says, "Oh, I don't have a screen in the back." So God created man in His own image. In the image of God He created him. Male and female He created them. Not He created each one. Genesis five two tells us that He created them male and female, and blessed them, and He named them mankind. The other translation or the, in the Hebrew is, He named them Adam, Yeah, when they were created. So He created them both, male and female. And uh, I was talking with Andrew um, on the way here yesterday, um, and we were talking about just you know, stuff that's on the political scene right now, things that the church is facing, gender, Sexuality, all these things that are really much part of culture, right? I mean, I watched it i I was part of some a recent um, releasing of some surveys uh, on what you know Australians thought of the church, especially gen wise, and there were things like, oh they, they they shouldn't talk about you know the church is great, but you know the gender stuff, the marriage equality stuff da 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 they shouldn't say anything. well, I, I think we can and we should, but let's start. With the heart of God and the nature of God, and we can work outwards with, from that. Does that make sense? I, I believe anyway. And so, um, Phyllis Tickle is a is a church historian. She passed away, I think, uh, last year. But for for many years, she studied the church, the history of the church. And what she noticed was that every five hundred years, the church, the church worldwide, has gone through what she basically calls a garage sale, um, where everything's up for grabs, and at that point in time, the church decides what's in and what's out, and what should we sell, and what should we keep. And usually in these times, there's some kind of division and multiplication within the church, because uh, we're not Catholic, We're, we're Protestant, or protestant. Yeah? Like, a denomination is actually a denomination, so you've nominated full baptism, we, domina- we denominate that, and we say, just head sprinkling. And you, you've nominated the work of the Holy Spirit, we, we denominate that, and we say, we don't believe in it. Or we've nominated you need to speak in tongues for salvation, and we denominate that, and we said, it doesn't matter. Do you understand? Like, we're actually formed out of disagreement. <laughs> So people go, we're a non-denominational church. And I'm like, really? Tell me your statement. Well, you know, for instance, down the road, they believe this and we believe. This. I said, so they nominate that and you denominate that? Yeah. I mean, there's no such thing as a denomination, a non-denominational church. It's, a, it's actually a, an oxymoron, but it's, the, it's a double negative. <laughs> what it means is we're still so young, we really don't know what we think we know and are willing to plant a belief system down and have be held to, you know, like when we think like a child. Does it make sense? We just really haven't nailed our convictions yet. And I mention all these things because she says every 500 years there is some uh, major thing, and we are at a 500 year this year, 500 years since the Reformation, since Martin Luther nailed his thesis on the, on the door and said, not like this anymore. And he said, sola scriptura, scriptura sola, which basically meant scripture only and only scripture. This is the authority. The Catholic, the Roman church is no longer the authority. Scripture should be. But beloved, uh, you know, and I, don't, I say this overtly, you have a pastor that's been divorced and remarried, and millions of churches do. 200 years ago or 100 years ago, no chance, Andrew. Because scripture says, da 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 so slowly, slowly, we go, well, that's allowed. Actually, I think that's the heart of the Father because He's into restoring. He's into, he's into building up. We're allowed to. He doesn't just love us as we are. He loves. He doesn't just love us as we should be. He loves us as we are. Yeah, really his, his love is, when He says His love is unconditional, it, it means it doesn't have conditions or strings yeah. attached. Yeah. Okay, maybe we could live out of that same place. Yeah. But every 500... She says, you know, this the sexuality, the gender thing... The whole thing she says it's the last basically the last hockey puck on the arena it's the last this is this is going to be a make or break thing that's what she believed was one of the last and biggest topics that is going to cause division decisions a whole lot of stuff so with that <laughs> in mind uh, let's talk about the feminine and the masculine, because from this and from other parts of Scripture, what what I believe is that we've been heavily influenced, and I'm going to give you some evidence soon, by culture which always leaks into and informs theology, which is the way that we see Scripture, the way that we see the world. It always has informed that, and I've spent time in uh, Indonesia, China, South Korea and India this year already and been a little involved, been involved with Christians in those places. And you know, they don't all think like we think. They don't read the scripture the same way we do because a few years on from deciding somebody who's divorced and remarried, you know, wasn't even allowed in a church, we've said, well, actually, scripture can also be read this way. Scripture can be read this way. God couldn't be understood this way. Hang on a second. Did the Bible actually change? No, the way that we read it changed. Whether we like it or not, culture will always influence the way we read Scripture. You can't help it. This is going to be, in the next 30 to 40 years, don't be surprised... If the majority of people that grace the pulpit, read the Word, don't read Genesis 1 out of a pure creation, young earth theory, because that's not what we're taught at schools. And science has proved otherwise. Can Genesis 1 and 2 be read from a different perspective? Absolutely. And there are scholars and theologians that says, how about we read Genesis chapter 1 about God bringing order to chaos, that God is not here as creator at this point, but he's actually here as CEO That for six days he builds a home, and on the seventh day he rests, which is old temple language for the fact that God moves into a God. If a God rests in a temple, it means that he moves into it. So he spent six days building a house, and on the seventh day he made it his home. There's there's phenomenal work in that area. So we're thinking, okay, creator, CEO, could that... Now, what can't change, and, and what I think is a great litmus test, is, is does it, if we, read, if we read about Jesus' nature, does that all add up? Like, was, did Jesus love everybody? Yeah. Or was he partial? <laughs> I think we need a, a God that's a lot more like Jesus yeah. than Paul, than Moses, than Abraham. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. A more Christ-like God. I think is a is a wonderful way. So even as we wrestle with these things and wrestling's important and discussions important, not let's sweep it under the rug because um you know, we don't science doesn't need one an older generation to to a younger generation doesn't need to convince the an older generation of what's right or wrong. They just wait till the old generation dies off and they do something different. Like the children of Israel this generation's like we can't go in there the giants are too big. And they just wait, we'll wait till that generation dies off and we'll move in. Because we think differently. Does that make sense? So this is, this is the way things have gone. So within us, very quickly, I believe that God has placed within each of us both the masculine and the feminine nature of God. But as a, as a man, I have a bias, and the ideal is I'll have a bias towards the masculine. But I still have a feminine side. There's still the feminine nature of God within me. Yeah. yeah. Now my wife's, of course, thankfully, it's the other way. You know, she's she's a woman and she has more of the feminine. That's the bias towards nurture. Does it mean that I can't nurture? Yeah, no, that's really good. Does it mean that I can't have emotions and be moody? No. She'll she'll attest that I do anyway. <laughs> And if I've given myself freedom to do that, she goes, Are You haven't your monthlys, Dave. I said, I, It could be. I could be. Could be the feminine nature within me. That could be, you know? But why? Why is it that for a long time and many years, and, and you know, the shack has come out, and we're really faced with. God is the, the big old angry man in the sky. It hasn't always been like that. And a lot of societies don't even believe that. And if you, I love, I love this fact. I love it. That when God reveals himself to Abraham, he calls, he says, You, you are El Shaddai. And El Shaddai, in, in the masculine King James masculine, informed version, they say God Almighty, and we're thinking, God Almighty with a sword that's going to beat the other tribes. That's not what we, he would have heard. A lot of scholars believe, and, and this goes right back into rabbinic teaching, who probably had a better idea than we did, in our enlightened 21st century minds, that when he heard El Shaddai, he heard the all-sufficient one, the all-nurturing one, the many-breasted one, because if you're going to start a family, you don't need a sword. You need breasts. You need nurture, not discipline. Right? You start with milk. You, as a child has to eat. You're not going to have a two-month-old and go, "Here's your 300-gram steak, buddy. All the best." You don't. You know that's that's not how you grow it. Am I? Do you hear what I'm saying? So he's going to need that. God reveals to him his feminine nature, his feminine side. Uh, let's, let's move on. <clears throat> Where is God revealed? Where is his feminine nature? And here's the thing. I'm not saying God is either male or female. I think we, we need to be honoring that God transcends gender. I didn't say he's transgender. He transcends gender. I've been misheard before. You said God transcends. No, I didn't say he transcends it. He's above it. That both male and female are equally made in his image. Yeah. Does this make it, does this, yeah. okay, wow, you guys are so supportive already. Those that are vocal, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> others, others, you need time to think about it and you, I give you absolute freedom to, to disagree with this. I'll probably disagree with it sometimes in about 10 years time. I love Thomas Merton, he said, if the you of 10, if the you of, t- what do you say, if the U of 10 years ago, doesn't think the you of today is a heretic, you probably haven't grown in your faith. <laughs> he says, So God revealed his mother. God comforts his people like a mother, like. It's all like. We can't we want to say God is, but no, God's always like, like the kingdom's like. It's all mystery language. We want mastery. He's like, No, no, this is mystery language. It's like this, it's metaphor, it's deeper, it's transdimensional, it's transrational, it's it's here, this is what it's like. God comforts people like a mother comforts a child. Like a woman would never forget a nursing child, God will not forget his children. So he's got like, but he's got the his. God is like a mother eagle hovering over her young. Next one. Next slide. God seeks the lost like, this is Jesus, this is a parable. God, God, he's telling the people of, God seeks the lost like a housekeeper trying to find her lost coin. Even Jesus is on it. God cares for His people like a midwife that cares for the child she just delivered. God experiences the fury of a mother bear robbed of her cubs. Do you know some of these scriptures? Jesus longed for the people of Jerusalem like a mother hen longs to gather her chicks under her wings. Very comfortable. Next slide. Very comfortable with the feminine discussion, the feminine nature. Before we move into this, um, the next section, which what I'm going to do is I'm going to just show you evidence of how I think, and, and other people have studied into this think, how do we get here? How do we get to a very heavy masculine theology? How do we get to a very heavy male dominant clergy, leadership, society? You know, women's liberation had to come through because of a, women's lib hasn't touched nations where there's good equality. Women's lib hasn't had to move through Judaism, hasn't had to move through Israel because they understand a woman's more precious than pearls. She can do business, she can own land, she can do anything that a man has done and it's been like that for centuries. You only need, women's liberation has come because women have been in captivity. And as church and state have been so married, it's, 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 it's both the church and state that have created these, these systems. Dorothy Sayers, I think she was like the first woman to graduate from, from Oxford um, or Harvard, one of, the, one of the two. She said, perhaps it is no wonder that the women were the first at the cradle and the last at the cross. They had never known a man like this man. There has never been such another, a prophet and teacher who never nagged at them, never flattered or coaxed or patronized, never made arch jokes about them, never treated them as the women, God help us, and the ladies, God bless them, who rebuked without who and praised without condescension, who took their questions and arguments seriously, who never mapped out their sphere for them, never urged them to be feminine or jeered at them for being female. He had no axe to grind, no uneasy male dignity to defend, who took them as he found them and was completely unself conscious. There is no axe, no sermon, no parable in the whole gospel that borrows its pungency from female perversity. Nobody could possibly guess from the words and the deeds of Jesus that there was any f- anything funny about women's nature. She was not very popular for saying that wow. back then, but we're like, come on, <laughs> today, right? So, here are a few examples of church fathers, people that have had incredible, you'll, some of you who like theology or have done Bible college, you'll recognize some of these names. These are people who've really shaped the way that we think. We take so much of this for granted and just automatic. Am I... Are we, are we on the same page? Do we yeah. go, Okay. Clement of Alexander, theologian, Greek father. He said, Every woman should be filled with shame by the thought that she is a woman. Thanks. Thanks, bro. Next one. Origin. Who who knows... Who's heard of some of these people? Origin. He said... Men should not sit and listen to a woman, even if she says admirable things or saintly things, or she's of little consequence since it came from the mouth of a woman. I mean, and some of these people can, can you know, um, really, and I say this in, in honesty, but really, really contributed profound revelation to the nature of God in some elements, to the church, to theology, for understanding. But I believe because of the masculine Culture they lived in it influenced yeah, the way that they saw. Yeah. You transformed. We renewed by the, we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. But it's not just what we are able to think. It's it's you cannot, transformation only really comes through experience, yeah. Yeah. experiencing something, and so they're experiencing this culture. Yeah. Tertullian won't read it all, but in the red he says basically um, about women, uh, you're the devil's gateway, you're the ensealer of that forbidden tree, you're the deserter, you know, having a good dig at Eve. Next one. And I'm, I joke about these trying to normalise them because, uh, you know, I, when I took it really seriously once, I had women weeping out loud. I was like, let's just... <laughs> That's okay, but uh, I, was, I was going too hard, so I'm just trying to lighten it up here. <laughs> hey, you've cut off your arm, (laughs) okay, all right, Um, this guy says, God maintained the order of each sect by dividing the business of life into two parts and assigned the more necessary and beneficial aspects to the man and the less important inferior matters to the woman, really, where did you come from, sir? Okay, next, Jerome, a man of really little words but profound, the woman is the root of all evil, that's all he had really to say on that, next one, Augustine, people know some of these names, he says, I don't see what sort of help a woman was created to provide a man if one excludes procreation. If woman's not given to man for help in bearing children, what help could she be? You can read the, the rest. It's, uh, he wasn't really impressed, you know. Next one. The, and he went on to say that, so that the whole substance may be in one image, but when she referred separately to a quality of help meat, which regards the woman herself alone, then she's not... In the, she's not then she is not the image of God but as regards to the man alone he is the image of God fully and completely as when the woman too is joined you know what? next one Thomas Aquinas as regards the individual nature of a woman it's defective and misbegotten for the active force in the male seed tends to product, production of a perfect likeness in the masculine sex alright, won't read the rest next one Martin Luther Getting close to the bone. Okay. The woman certainly differs from the man, for she's weaker in body, etc., blah, blah, blah. In the red, you know, these are not the words of Jesus. I've just highlighted them. It's not the the red-letter deconstruction Bible. Okay. Still... She was only a woman, and the sun is much more glorious than the moon, although the moon is glorious, so the woman was inferior to the man, both in honour and dignity, though she too was very excellent. So he sort of tried to back, backpedal a bit there, but wasn't overly impressed with God's design theory. Next one, Calvin. Oh! On this account, all women are born that they may acknowledge themselves as inferior, in consequence, the superior of the male sex. Calvin. John. Okay. <laughs> Women are... John Knox, I mean, this was not that, that long ago. They're weak, frail, impatient, feeble, and f- foolish. Women, how do you feel when you read this? Uh, lovely. lovely. <laughs> Sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Good. Honestly. Like two in the room, have good You'd like to have a chat. <laughs> <laughs> little bit faithful <five-fold> ministry. <laughs> Can I please speak to your mother? Just... Give me your mother's phone number, bro. <laughs> Was he a good boy? They probably all had mother wound. They needed inner healing. And yeah, on, no doubt. Uh, clearly, like, how, come you, how are you alive, bro? Uh, e- so, John Knox said this, their women were also unconstant, variable, cruel, lacking spiritual counsel. I mean, I know we don't think like this today, but this is all really influenced... Yeah. The way that we read, understand, yeah. translate, yeah. Scripture, yeah. theology, yeah. Christian life, the church, marriage. Mm-hmm. The man shall be ruling over her and he has to make all the decisions. Oh, I think that, um, the the beginning, got yeah. She, um, she was you know, she was she, yeah, she had been yeah. deceived. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, none of them really, it ended up like she said, he said, it's her fault, and she said, it's the serpent's fault. You know, but he blamed God. Yeah, you gave me her. Absolutely. And to be fooled, to, de- to be fooled and deceived is to be shamed. Deep shame entered. Shame was the first emotion mentioned in Scripture. It's at the end of Genesis 2, I think it is. It says they were naked, but they weren't ashamed. But then later, we were afraid, so We hid. Next one. All right, let's, let's leave that where that is. <clears throat> According to Judaism, traditional Judaism, women are endowed with a greater degree of binah, which means intuition, understanding, and intelligence than men. <laughs> yeah. The rabbis inferred this from the idea that the woman was built rather than formed, because the, the words are different in the Hebrew. The Hebrew word of build is the same consonants as the word binah. And it's been said that the matriarchs, Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel and Leah were superior to the patriarchs. This is, this is Hebrew Jewish Eastern thinking, not Western male dominant masculine thinking. Um, that they were superior to the patriarchs in prophecy. And it's also been said that the women did not participate in the idolatry regarding the golden calf, which I mentioned before in the book. The rights of women in, tra- women in traditional Judaism are much greater than the rest of the West of the civilization until this century. So, really, we've come so far in the last century. Like, really, I'm, I'm praising God. I think it's good because here's what I want us to get. Is for so long, the full nature of God that's expressed in the masculine and the feminine has not been honored. And women have been under attack. Yeah. But it's not just women that's been under attack. It's the very feminine nature yeah. of God. That's yeah. right. So you don't get his fullness. God, we want all of you while you cut his left arm off. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. So women, while you have been under this system, it's a systemic problem, a cultural problem. I want to bless you with knowing that God too has suffered with you because you carry his nature and you have participated in the fellowship of his suffering. And for some of you that have been in church for a good part of your life, as a minister of the gospel, as somebody that God's just somehow called to grace a pulpit, That's a mystery to me sometimes, why as well. But I want to apologize for any time that a man of God has stood and misused Scripture to oppress you, to minimize you, and to mitigate the very feminine nature of God in you that was dear to Christ and that he carried on the cross. Beloved, are we not his bride? Are we not his bride? And when he was being crucified, as the second Adam, where was his wife? Where was his bride? Think about this for a minute. If Jesus is the second type of Adam, but we know that Jesus never married, Adam... From under his wing, under, from his side, yes, mm. was God was released the woman. Mm. Yeah? yeah? How that happens? Mystery. Let's just leave it there. But it happened. Okay? When Christ is crucified, where is the spear yeah. wound? Yeah. Same place. Mm. Where blood and water flow. Beloved, ladies and men who have witnessed childbirth, what are the two liquids that flow when something's birthed? Blood and water. I believe the church was birthed right there. And he's, he released his bride. Does this make sense? Which means, <laughs> for the full time that Jesus roamed on the earth, he carried us in his heart. That's How are you crucified with Christ because I'm right here next to his heart. Mm -hmm. He carried that precious feminine nature, the fullness of God in himself. Mm -hmm. Think about that for a minute. That he was Adam, he was full, full both. So we, together, as community, as, as, as husband and wife, As friends, as mothers and fathers, as partners, we can express the full nature of God in both the masculine and the feminine. If I've preached this, I think I've preached this about 10 times over the last 18 months, do you know who is most affected by this message? Young men today. I get Gen Yers come up to me and they're like, thank you. Like, I have this stuff in me, but it's like, You know, I get beat up if I like music or I want to cry or I have emotions. And all I'm left to think is that I'm not a man. The safest, most nurturing, most fathering, most whole men and women I've met are the men who will say, I have the feminine nature within me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm not afraid to grab my son Mm -hmm. and to kiss him and to hug him and to love Him and to learn how to nurture Him and the women who've been able to say, well, I'm going to be protective. Yeah. I'm going to hold that, that masculine. I'm going to, I want to make my single moms. How much do you want to protect your kids? Yeah. Where does that come from? You have to draw from and you've been expressing, yeah, that masculine side, God, to bless and to keep, to provide and protect. Does it make sense? And I believe God in His Trinitarian nature, we see all those parts Mm -hmm. expressed. Does this make sense? This is one of my favorite... uh, uh, When God started talking to me about His vulnerability, this was before Brene Brown did a TED talk, by the way, just want (laughs) to put that out there. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about, but if you do, just remember. But he said, David, I'm vulnerable. And I'm like, you're not vulnerable, God. You're not. Said, he says, David, look it up. So it says, vulnerable means to be open to pain and hurt and assailment. And I'm like, really? No, you're God Almighty. Your strength, I've been singing your songs for how good and awesome you are for a long time. He says, and then, and then I just saw the cross. And beloved, it's nice, I mean, I know you don't have him hanging there because he's risen, right? Plus it's really expensive to get a carving. But but if you did and he had a loincloth on, that wouldn't actually be true because he was absolutely exposed, fully naked, fully seen, fully known. And in the exposure, he scorns shame. And he took his, that shame upon us. And that full nature, that full... God is so vulnerable. And what I love about Hagar's story is that when she, with Hagar, she was basically a servant girl to Abram and Sarah. And Sarah I couldn't wait to have a child. So she doesn't wait for the mystery. She goes, well, we can master this. You sleep with her and I'll have a girl. I'll have a child. I'll have the promise. And we know that Ishmael is born. But then the Hagar, the servant girl that sleeps with Abram, or Abram at the time, says, you know, when she's pregnant, Sarai gets bitter towards her and casts her out. Mm-hmm. So she's, she's made to be vulnerable. In the vulnerability, she's, she falls pregnant. And then she's thrown out, basically, into the desert, into a place of vulnerability again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does it make sense? Yeah. So, and so by virtue of her gender, she's exposed. To the elements, and then God, and this is one of the first. If you read in Scripture, it's really one of the first times that there's a there's a visitation, that there's an angelic divine visitation, and it says the angel says, "Behold, you're pregnant; you'll bear a son. You call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has listened to your affliction." I just believe there's some people here this morning, some women, and maybe even men. That as I've been talking, the Spirit of God has been stirring you and emotion, has been thinking that's how it's been for me. And I want to bless you with knowing that God has heard and listened, not just heard, but listened mm-hmm. to your afflictions. What does he do with Hagar? He restores her mm-hmm. back into community. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And he doesn't, and Ishmael Goes on, I mean, there's still promise in Ishmael, isn't it? Yeah, and he restores her back into that place, and Ishmael is back in community, is born into community. Hagar is back in community. Yeah. So, wondering, um, oh, this good time, Dave. Good, thank you, Lord. I'm wondering if. Um, <laughs> uh If Ollie would love to come back on the keyboard if he's around you there you are front row, good on the left where the muse sit, rock and roll. <laughs> I sit there for a long time, I should so um what i 'd like to do is is in a moment um uh, i 'm going to hand it to Andrew then um, we're just going to i 'm just going to open up the altar, but just do some corporate ministry and I encourage you if you if you can hang around, okay, if you want to hang around. It's not going to probably take more than 10 minutes, but um, I think it'd be important even for men to be part of this, to watch, to witness, and maybe even as the Spirit leads, you might minister here in this place. Andrew, I'll hand it over to you just before we continue. All right. Holy Spirit we just thank you, we invite you we just say yes to your full nature we just say yes we just say yes We just say, yes, Lord. We just worship you. We love you. And love being loved by you. Holy Spirit, comforter. Holy Spirit, comforter. to just open up the, the altar here for just any woman or even any man that has just been touched and would like some prayer um, I, what I'll do is I'll invite you to come and then I'm just going to just pray corporately you know over everybody just as we feel led and uh, let see what happens so if that's you if you, if you want to come just out the front here and this is, I may not lay hands on you. That, that's not the point. The point is, this is just a, a coming forward and meeting. <clears throat> I love that, you know, in life, even in Scripture, God gives that which is most delicate, needs stewarding and brooding over He gives that to the feminine. Yeah. That the masculine may dig the well, but the the feminine gathers and carries the water. Yeah. And the feminine gets to carry what's most precious, what's most delicate. I remember speaking to a man who was, lived in Africa for many years and worked at one of the largest flower-growing um, flower farms in Africa, and he said, we never employ men because they can't handle the flowers. They're too brutal. <laughs> he said, you always needed the feminine touch for what was precious. So women, we bless you. We bless you for carrying that which was most precious. For stewarding that which was most delicate. And as a man... As a father and as a husband, I'm, I'm not your dad or your husband. That's obvious, but I want to just stand in that place of identificational repentance. If it helps and it means anything to you today, and repent and say that I'm so sorry for any time that your delicacy and your precious nature and that which is necessary to bring forth life has been the very thing that has been taken advantage of. I want to apologize on behalf of myself and any man that has not supported you, but domineered you, that has taken advantage of what he thought was weakness, but was really precious. Again, I want to apologize as a, as a pastor, as a minister, as somebody who God has called to steward his word. I want to apologize for any time that men have misused scriptures to minimize, to hurt, to harm, and to dominate you simply because of your gender. Father, I thank you that in this day, in this age, in this hour, in this minute, in this moment, you are restoring. You are restoring your feminine nature throughout the world. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, wow. You know, Isaiah 53 says that Jesus, and this is speaking prophetically of, of His nature and the resurrection and the cross that he was despised and rejected by men. So Lord, we ask that you come and you lift trauma and the shame of rejection by men from every person in this place. Every woman that has come to meet and say yes, Lord, over every heart, over every soul. And we bless the feminine nature of God, and we call it, we call it to the fullness. We call it to fullness. We bless your feminine nature. We bless your feminine nature. We bless your feminine nature, We bless your feminine nature. We bless your feminine nature. We bless and say yes to the feminine nature of God. We say yes, and we bless the feminine nature of God. We bless the feminine nature of God. Thank you, Lord, healing, restoring, anointing. Filling, healing, the feminine nature of God. Thank you, Lord. Just filling. Thank you, Lord. Just blessing. We bless you. We bless you. We say yes. We affirm you. We bless you. We bless you. Bless those of you who have birthed and born not just children, but dreams and visions. We bless you for really being those that have carried the church, that carried communities, that have carried faith. It's been said, and I believe that the renewal and the revival can only happen when there's a full restoration of both the masculine and the feminine of God, seen and displayed in every life, in every family, in every community, in every house, in every home. And for the guys out there that are listening, engaging in this, I just want to say to you guys, um, I know Aussie culture, it's changing, but for so long. It's been incredibly masculine, and it's been a don't cry, don't be a girl, don't be a sissy culture. And those words have usually been said because those were said to your dads and your mates and their fathers and those fathers before them, and you can go all the way back probably to the stuff we talked about today. But I want you to know that to cry, to feel, to be emotional, is your privilege and your honour and your right. And there's going to be women in your lives that would probably appreciate you shed some tears because they've been feeling them anyway and doing it on your behalf. And I want to bless the guys out there, those that are sitting down and listening. I want to bless those of you who have maybe struggled in this area. and even thought there's something wrong with me because I, well, I like arts and I like music and I like delicate and fine things, but I've been told that's not normal. That's not Aussie. That's not male. That's not right. That's not the way God's designed you. Beloved, if guys, if God's designed you to like fine art, with all appreciation, Master Chef is full of males. Why, Why? What's going on there? Why are some of the greatest artists we've seen in time men? What's going on? And society is always blessed when guys can say, hey, I'm just going to be me. I'm going to be God's created me to be. And everyone else can take a back seat because I'm before Him. So I want to bless and release you guys to really even tap into and consider that there's nothing wrong with you And there's a terrible amount right with you. And you're actually okay. Because you carry the full masculine and the full feminine nature of God. You keep your bias, but don't write off the other side. And don't judge guys who have a bigger bias towards you and don't think that they're better or more blokey. No, you are who you are. And so I bless you to be who you are. The world needs you. So walk in the full nature of God for who you are. So, Father, we just thank you. We love you. We say yes to you. Jesus, I thank you that you carry us. You've carried us as your church close to your heart, close to your arms. That, Father, you revealed yourself, even in the feminine nature, even in a feminine way. It's just that you are like these things, but you are so much more. And we say more to your otherness. We say yes to your more, yes to your abundance, yes to your otherness. And in doing so, we say yes to us and your unconditional love. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen.